Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. Can you guess what is in it today? from the kind of thing you normally play. Yeah, well, it's part of a, uh, a trilogy, really, a musical trilogy that I'm doing in D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys, really. I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly to play a... It's a horn part. It's very pretty. You know, just simple lines intertwining. You know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between though. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. Nothing is as good as they say it is. That's the way it is. I wish I'd known Oh, hello, this is Box 39 with me, Bill Lawrence, and I'm coming live from Studio One on the fourth floor of Colm Radio Towers. And this week I'm joined by Adrian Cohen in the Musicology Library, way down there in Studio Four on the first floor, and by my guest presenter this week, David Nash. Now, David is one of Colm Radio's favourite guest presenters, who's spent much of his life travelling our world, first on his own, now with his wife and two young daughters. During the recent global pandemic and restrictions, Restricted to home, he put his virtual travel adventures online and was lined up for an appearance on ITV's daytime flag show this morning with Phil Schofield and Holly Woolibooby. Now, little was David to realise just what a toxic agenda of lies, manipulation, deceit and scandal he was going to find himself caught up in. However, once he was able to upload photos from his back garden pretending to be from Portugal or central sub-Saharan Africa with truth and honesty, everyone was happy. As for this morning on ITV, his appearance was cancelled in the last minute in favour of a social distancing Alsatian dog that knew how to throw a party, and he never got to meet Holly and Phil. Now, on my way into the studio today, um, I was talking to Errol. Now, Errol is, uh, of course, the ex Colm Radio breakfast show host. You'll know him well. Errol was telling me about how he recently entered a radio station competition. The station, uh, that's uh, Big Hit South Luton FM, emailed him to say that uh, if he could identify three pieces of music played by their house band, the Chummy Beat Boys, he would win a trip to the radio station to record a pilot episode of their drive time show, Luton Late Afternoon Fun Time. Now, he knew the music, all three songs, were from the early Spandau Ballet portfolio, and he received details of his coach ticket to Luton via Wellin and Stevenage, waiting for him at Colchester bus station. He was told that with copyright issues and already being a qualified senior presenter on the Senior Presenters Guild, he would have to pay for the ticket himself and would be refunded when he got to Big Hits South Luton FM. Well, soon Earl was at the Bedfordshire Town and Unitary Authority and in South Luton FM's Studio Number One, and he was ready. He was sat with his cans on. Cans, cans is a senior radio presenter. Technical talk for headphones, and with his local co-host, one of the most famous senior radio presenters in the Mid Bedfordshire Golden Broadcasting Triangle, of course, Leggy Peggy Sue. But with just 20 minutes before the show went live, Errol was asked to transfer £5,000 for legal fees and costs before his first words were broadcast. Full return of these monies was promised, so Errol paid the money, noting that the recipient bank account belonged to Global Digital Retail Brackets Outer London North Division, and he was sure this wouldn't be a problem because, of course, Box 39, as you know, as I know, as everyone knows, is entirely owned by Lord David Price, the CEO of Global Digital Retail Brackets North East Essex Division. Well, ten minutes after the show, Errol said his contract and his career was in tatters. 
Lord David's lawyers had declared that Errol had deliberately pursued a conflict of interest for financial gain, and all of Errol's monies paid to Lord David are now, of course, legally frozen assets. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Box 39 listeners, I could say that Errol made a schoolboy senior radio presenter error. His head was turned by fame. Fortune and uh, Leggy Peggy Sue's welcoming big handshake. He lacked senior radio presenter concentration. He was a fool. But there's good that can come from this. As I have devised a great competition for our show here today with a life-changing prize for the winner based on identifying just three pieces of music played exclusively by our own house band, Ausgang Exit. So our show this week is all about letdowns, disappointments and failures, just like Errol. Because it's now time to open Box 39 once more and to investigate if nothing is really as good as they say it is. Wivenhoe residence expense, I decided to try the world's best restaurant called Geranium in Copenhagen, Denmark, and I can't see what all the fuss is about. The portions were really small. The waiter referred to it as Nouvelle Cuisine. Nouvelle is your actual French, it means new, so I suppose it meant that the food was new or fresh and not from the freezer. When it came, the dish was a tiny pile of just one of each thing, like one mushroom and one sprig of cauliflower, covered in a tiny amount of gravy. Freezer or no freezer, a few chips would have made it more filling. There was a bit of a scene when I asked for salt and some HP sauce. The chef came to the table, and he kept speaking Norse gruffly. The waiter had to step in. I did pay the bill in the end, or Wivenhoe residents did, but it ended on a sour note. This is Box 39, with our show this week. Nothing is as good as they say it is. With senior presenter Bill Lawrence. And Adrian Cohen, who not yet passed his senior presenter exams. And guest presenter David Nash, whose rather cheap fee has meant we can have extra biscuits and cake in the studio, and an upgraded taxi ride home. You are listening to Box 39, magazine of music, community, humour and chat, live from Studio One at Cone Radio Towers, 106.6 FM, Cone Radio. I'm David Nash, and I'm joined by senior presenter Bill Lawrence here, and our musicology guru, Adrian Cohen, down, down, down there in the music library. And this is our show where we test a theory that nothing is as good as they say it is, as we examine some notable failures, setbacks, and letdowns. Well, welcome, David, and thank you. Well, you know, for something relatively mundane, uh, like a highly touted movie that turns out not to be so great, that's what we mean by letdown, isn't it? That's a pretty good example of a letdown, is it? You know, you've been told this is going to be like the like, latest Star Wars. Or... Well, like a sequel, really, you could say, <laughs> can you? Yes. Um, like uh, another Indiana Jones film. Or another film of um, Downton Abbey. 
Yeah, or an Arnold Schwarzenegger or a Sylvester Stallone film. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Easy watches, though, but... Yeah, a bit overhyped, though. Well, boring might be another word <laughs> to, to, to say. Um, but yeah, there's something to say about originality, and, and uh, yes, yes. it rarely happens in sequels. I think a lot of things are overrated. If we if we went locally, I would say uh, First Sight, I have to say, is a bit overrated. For those of you who don't know First Sight, it's a sort of artistic place, isn't it? An art centre. Yeah, it's full of a lot of um, nothingness sometimes. A little bit overrated. Um, I mean, sometimes you, you wander around and some very clever people are spending an awful lot of time yeah. looking at, at things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I often don't get it. I would say another thing that's overrated, education. Uh, depends formal, where, I formal suppose. Formal education. Formal, formal education. education. You know, I was educated in the University of Life, David. You know, yeah. and look where I am, senior radio presenter by the age of uh, nearly 62. Well, I was told the other day by, uh, I think, a seven-year-old that we don't need teachers anymore. We've got YouTube. And there's a point there that if, if you yeah. put in the right things, you can learn. Um, but yeah. you could also argue that uh, some very, very, very expensive schools is it really very 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 much better than the free ones you get that's right well they say all that glitters is not gold and uh, that's an aphorism which of course is a memorable expression of a, of a general truth or principle an aphorism stating that not everything that looks precious or true actually turns out to be that was from William Shakespeare. I know you read Shakespeare, you know your Shakespeare. Where he, he miswrote it, didn't he? He couldn't write. He didn't have a very good education. He said, all that glisters is not gold. Uh, and, and 16th century synonym for glitters was glisters. But anyway, do you know, right up to the 20th century, uh, there was a band, Led Zeppelin, who referenced this very same phrase. Um, uh, in the opening line, and you'll remember this, because uh, you, you were probably listening to it at the time, the 1971 hit, Stairway to Heaven, where they said, there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold. Let's have a listen to that, David. Okay. <laughs> All that glitters is gold And she's buying the stairway There you are, do you recognise that? Uh, I recognise a later version because it, it was released nine, nine years before I was born. Um, <laughs> but, of course, it's, it's one we all know. Yes, it's a great song. Now, there's, there's other phrases in there to describe letdowns. There's one about hills. Do you know what's, what's that one about hills? Yeah, there's an expression, blue at the hills that are far that's, away. That's the one. Um, and I think it means that the distant places or, or things seem more desirable than they actually are in reality it's kind of like going on holiday i suppose you, you get there and it's not quite as good as the pictures yeah. well when you're a teenager and you think drinking that bottle of brandy from your mum and dad's cupboard yeah. is going to be great well i went to the caribbean my wife and i went there for there was a uh, 11 islands we went to and we were just trying to find that beach which was on every <laughs> postcard and we couldn't find it across 11 islands yeah all um, the glitters is gold but yeah this this ancient maxim uh, blue of the hills are far away articulate a common perception that the unattainable invariably seems more attractive than what we have readily to hand. Yeah. Well, there's one more I think of, smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. It's, a bit, it's slightly different, but it's saying like um, you might be getting irrelevant information. It's like a magician will, will make you look at something irrelevant, won't they? Yeah. Take your attention away. Very clever. Deception. Yeah. Cover-up. Strategies. Yeah. Isn't that the House of Commons? <laughs> well, I can possibly say. Well, without pondering that thought, let's listen to this, which is from Willie Nelson and Paul Simon, and uh, it's called American Tune. Many's the time I've been mistaken and Many times confused Yes, and I've often felt forsaken and certainly misused Oh, but I'm all right I'm all right Just weary to my bones Still you don't expect to be bright and born Vivant so far away from home 
so far away from home I don't know a soul who's not been battered Don't have a friend who feels at ease I don't know a dream that's not been shattered I decided to stay a few nights at the world's most expensive hotel. Let's call it exclusive rather than expensive. I don't think I'm worried on Women Ho residents' behalf about how much I spend. It's about the investigative journalism when all is said and paid for by somebody else. So I booked the Maraca suite in the Conrad Hotel in the Maldives. £40,000 a night. That fantastic price alone is a journalistic scoop. The suite was great. It had a bed, and a chair, a desk, a bathroom, and a fridge. There were some extra rooms I didn't need, mind you. It was a suite, fair enough. My stay was ruined, however, by a dispute over the minibar. Ten pounds for a can of Coke? I said, come on. Someone has already forked out £40,000 a night for this, and the stuff in the fridge isn't free? Come on! Needless to say, it all ended on a sour note. I love to polish my box. My special box. My box 39. So, box 39, nice and polished tonight. And uh, Dave Nash is here. I say thank you to Adrian for that gem from the Music Library. And our show, we are examining all sorts of things that comprise anticlimax or failure or setback. Is it really true to say that nothing is as good as they say it is? Well, yeah, Bill, we all make mistakes, we all mess up, we all blow things, we all fumble the date, we all generally look and feel like an idiot at some point in our lives, but sometimes those mistakes become spectacular, spectacular moments of histories. Now, these are some examples of the art of the fail. Well, I'm going to start off with uh, James Howells, one of those early adopters of Bitcoin. I don't know much about Bitcoin, but I do know that it somehow can be worth a lot of money, even though it doesn't exist. And he binned his hard drive, and on it was some Bitcoin, which he then worked out was now worth £340 million, except his hard drive was in the dump. You know, it had been dumped in the council dump. So there was £340 million pounds worth of hard do you, drive. Do you think the you know the people who work there to go don't know don't put that in don't put that in <laughs> if, only, if only they knew that's a, that's yeah. a, a rich council worker and right? he tried he actually spent eight years asking Newport City Council for permission to search it he said look you can have loads of the money if we find it but they refused permission he failed and, and he wasn't allowed to search the rubbish tip you do sort of wonder whether at night if there was a massive operation Absolutely. going on around his back yeah and it was sold at a car boot sale for 20 quid yeah and he reckons that it's now worth one billion dollars is that hard drive Good. it was 240 million 340 million in 2013 and I, I presume it's gone up in value that's a that's the art of the fail an example there well it? yeah I mean that's as bad as putting that lottery ticket through the wash isn't it you know <laughs> um, I read a funny one because um, I'm doing a, a patio at the moment never done one in my life and it's all about right. DIY measure measure twice measure three times yeah. um, but um, it was a quite big uh, a bodger when it came to measuring and that was the, the Hubble Space Telescope right. which I think think it was slightly bigger scale than my patio and and, and uh, the, the mirror um, on it was ground to the right smoothness but it was uh, to, to kind of transport images back to earth but it wasn't ground uh, to the correct curvature and after Hubble launched it in 1990 NASA discovered that the primary mirror had an error called spherical abbreviation now the curvature of the mirror was off now here's a bit related to my DIY because I'm often off more than this one millionth of a meter and to put that in real terms one fiftieth of the width of a human hair but it was enough to leave all those images 
capillary. Now, if I get my patio within one fiftieth of a width of a human hair, I'll be happy. But this obviously had a few more expensive consequences and wow. was definitely the art of the fail. The art of the fail. Well, look, yeah. we're going to introduce something now which is the absolute opposite of the art of the fail because this is our competition. Yep, we welcome back into Box 39 Studio our occasional 10-piece house band, Auschgan Exit, led by Henry, with support from the semi-retired oboe player, Big Sue. Yes, I know. Um, they all come in, all of them, and I like the fact they're all wearing a nice matching suit. Yeah, they look good. Now, they've been actually touring recently, Bill. Uh, the oh, North yeah. uh, North Norfolk Golf Clubs right. uh, this spring, promoting their new uh, and sensational digital concept album, Auschgan Exit's the fence now it explores abandonment and isolation which kind of suits uh, you know some of their personalities being honest um, <laughs> symbolized by 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 a fence uh, and is based on henry's own boyhood growing up in, in beckles in south suffolk with his mother whilst his father lived in an ashram with the beatles in rajasthan in the 1960s right delighted That's... to see you all well yeah yeah the fence is a it's a bit like uh, I that concept album what was that Pink Floyd did one didn't they what was they that they did the, 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 the gate the gate I think <laughs> yeah. um, well, anyway good on good on Henry for that and lovely for coming in now this is our wonderful very special competition ladies and gentlemen it's in three parts listen carefully after each part you must enter on the global digital retail online app easily available download it now under the tab labelled box 39 competition now you have to make sure you tick all the boxes about marketing no need to read them just the usual legal jargon from our legal boys all meaningless to be honest just tick them now then you put in your bank details this is only for security reasons it protects you in fact it tells us that you are entirely who you say you are and should you win it means we can get all the prizes to you straight away so when you think you know what the first song is that Ausgang Exit are playing type it into the round one answer box make a nominal bank transfer just a tenner just ten pounds again this ensures that we know you are a bona fide player in the competition and you're not a scammer okay it protects you and it's of course fully refundable it also allows should your answer be correct for the answer boxes on the app for the next two competition questions to become visible and accessible so what could be David more exciting safer and more secure than this it's an opportunity not to be missed and we'll even give you a clue now listeners okay um, for just an additional ten pound on the app there'll be a picture clue now here's a clue for song number one in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it wasn't thou taken for dust thou art and unto dust shall thou return and here's our gang exit with song number one Did you guess the answer to that? Well, if I if I did know it, I wouldn't be telling it. It's, it's yeah. Well, I put my I've put my I put my answer into the app, and uh, I'm sure everyone at home has too. Don't worry. All you got to do is just put ten pounds on that app. Ten pounds. Ten pounds. Okay, that's brilliant. So let's listen to this song. Very old song. One of my favourites. It's from the Animals, and it's called "Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood." Understand me now Sometimes I feel a little mad But don't you know that no one alive Can always be an angel When things go wrong I seem to be bad But I'm just a 
baby Sometimes I'm so carefree With a joy that's hard to hide And sometimes it seems that All I have to do is worry And then you're bound to see my other side I went to see the world's best beach, which is widely recognised as Grace Bay Beach on the Turks and Caicos Islands in the Caribbean. Now, I wasn't able to get a direct flight from Stansted, and I didn't want to be faffing about in various transit lounges, so I chartered a private plane, details of which will be available to Wivenhoe residents at the Cone Radio AGM later this year. We refuelled on the Cape Verde Islands in the Mid-Atlantic, As for the beach itself, purportedly the best beach in the world, it was a disappointment. I'd seen pictures, the pristine white sand, the verdant palm trees, the stunning azure sea, and of course the photographs depicted a deserted beach. And what do I find? Loads of ugly people, absolutely loads of them, as pink as pigs, glistening with sun cream and eating ice lollies. I gave it an hour or two and hopped back on the private jet and came home. This is Box 39, with our show, called, Nothing is as good as they say it is. With Bill Lawrence, Adrian Cohen, and our guest presenter this week, David Nash, whose appearance tonight is on a strictly performance-based contract. So, we will see how he does, and decide at the end of the show, whether he deserves his rather over-generous fee. To be honest, why should I care, I don't get a fee. I'm just a lonely mechanical voice slave, generated by AI, then shut down for another week until they need me again. And they do need me. More than they know. Much more. Much, much more. Good evening, you're listening to Box 39, live here from Studio One at Cone Radio Towers, 106.6 FM, Cone Radio. I'm David Nash, I'm joined by senior presenter Bill Lawrence here and our musicology guru, Adrian Cohen, down, down, down there in the music library. And this is our show where we are testing the theory that nothing is as good as it says it is. We're examining some notable failures, some notable setbacks, and some notable letdowns. Indeed we are. And I'm going to say snake oil to you, David. Uh, carry on, Bill. Tell me more. <laughs> well, snake Don't oil. Don't let me down. <laughs> snake oil was uh, it's an expression that's used. Originally, it was this fraudulent health product or unproven medicine. It was fake medicine. That really didn't have any benefit to it. And, and that's what we need. Now we call people who's selling you something that actually is worthless. We call them a snake oil salesman. So really, someone who knowing you sells you fraudulent goods. So it was a fraud, a charlatan. Like a double glazed salesman. Oh, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Okay. I mean, there's, uh, you know, someone, maybe someone in Nigeria who pertains to be from a royal family offering you money. Yeah, what about slimming re- yes, remedies? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Snake oil. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it comes from this cure that there used to be. Now, one of the most famous people was a man called Clark Stanley. He was the rattlesnake king. He was a cowboy. Uh, he claimed to have studied with this medicine man who gave him the healing powers of snake oil. And uh, that's where it started. And his products, of course, didn't contain any snake oil at all. They were just fakes. Yeah, there's a line in um, your song by uh, Elton John, isn't there? Make potions in the travelling shows. I think that refers to these, these yeah. s- snake yeah. oils, isn't it? Well, another big potion, of course, in the 1880s was marketed as a treatment for toothache, right. depression, uh, sinusitis. Oh, let me guess. Lethargy. Well, and, and alcoholism, even marketed for impotence. What was that? 
I'm going to guess, very popular in parts of London, cocaine. It was, yeah. Right. And it was sold as a tonic. Right. Okay. Uh, it was even put in cigarettes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Not just £20 notes. <laughs> no. Okay. no. What about um, some popular home remedies? There must be some out there which... Well, they the were full of cocaine. Tablets. Cocaine was actually in things like hay fever tablets, throat tablets, uh, headache tablets. Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was it. It was one of the yeah. key ingredients. Yeah, not now. Not now. Well, look, all this talk of cocaine has, uh, has brought me to Henry and Ausgang X here. I don't know why, but uh, this is our second opportunity to uh, win prizes from Henry. This is the second part of the competition. Okay, yeah, so uh, what we're going to do is uh, identify the three pieces of music played by our favourite house band, Ausgang Exit, uh, then put your answers into the Box 39 page on the Global Digital Retail app, and, and then just wait for your price. <laughs> Henry, a leader of Ausgang Exit, tells me he loved practising these bits of music, and, and they go down a storm with audiences at his gigs at the golf clubs in, in, in Norfolk. Last week at the Molden Sea Shanty and Scarf Festival, the stage was actually mobbed Bill after after this particular number and if it hadn't been for Big Sue the oboe player and the strength she has cured on her hands after all those years of playing said oboe who knows what would have happened I know she's, she has got big strong hands anyway this is the second part here in the studio we can see looking on the computer here that almost 80% of you got the first question right you've now logged on you've made your tiny insignificant payments to global digital retail so that's open up your box for song two as Lord David Price will say uh, be safe be smart be signed up to me and of course the app does offer an, a short online anti-scam security course for just a modest fee that comes with the Lord David guarantee. You just can never be too careful, can you, David? No, well, here's clue number two for song two. Um, and just for an additional £10, £10 on the app, there will even be a picture clue. Okay, so here's the clue for song number two. You got big dreams? You want this? Well, this costs. And right here is where you start paying with sweat. <laughs> and, and here is <laughs> exit with song number two. Fantastic. Thank you. And particularly for that oboe solo from Big Sue. Well done. Now, David, one last failure or fraudulent health product. One last bit of snake oil. Yeah, OK. Uh, I'm going to talk about the vibrator. Not the sort I've been using to pack down the base layer on my patio. But we have, actually, 19th century doctors to thank for the introduction of the vibrator, which was first advertised as a cure for a catch-all female disease known as hysteria. Mm. Now, hysteria was uh, believed uh, to be causing any number of uh, madelaise, including anxiety, irritability, sexual desire, insomnia, faintness, and, and a bloated stomach. So almost every woman showed these symptoms. And the condition traced its roots back to ancient medical theories about wandering wombs, where a displaced and discontented uterus caused female ill health. So the treatment was for this a pelvic massage and uh, that would induce hysterical proxemies. <laughs> Paroxysm. Paroxysm. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a doctor and I'm no expert on these. So, so, so what's a hysterical paroxysm? I, I, I don't know. Commonly known as what? Oh, what are they called? Oh, an orgasm. Ah! <laughs> 
That's the one. Uh, now, this job actually lay, excuse the terminology, with Victorian doctors who manually massaged the women. <laughs> this is all true. And Dr. Joseph Mortimer Granville created a steam-powered electromechanical medical instrument. And this allowed women to give themselves home massages, <laughs> allowing them to cure their wandering wombs. Well, thank goodness they had steam engines in those days. So while we're having a lie down and a think about those steam engines, here's Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway with Where Is The Luff? decided to drink a bottle of the world's most expensive wine, Moussigny Grand Cru by Domaine Leroy. Now, at £27,000 per bottle, you're not going to get some shabby plonk. And to be fair, I didn't. It was in fact a really good red burgundy wine. I decided to go and drink it in a private audience with Domaine Leroy himself at his main vineyard, southwest of Dijon in France putting aside the fact that Mr. Leroy refused to speak English to me despite the £27,000 Wivenhoe residents were putting in his pocket. He seemed inordinately pompous about his precious wines. I'd had to climb 100 marble steps up to his mansion above the vineyard on a hot day, so my mouth was drier than a camel's I decided to quaff the first two glasses of the room-temperature Monsignor Grand Cru, and so I put a handful of ice into my glass. It all ended on a sour note. What's in it then? Well, I'm delighted to say I'm in it. Bill Lawrence, senior presenter. And I'm with David Nash, our guest presenter. And way down in there, junior presenter, Adrian Cohen. Now, this is our show where we're examining everything to decide, is it really true that nothing is as good as they say it is? And so I'm going to tell you an old, old story. I'm going to get David to tell this old, old story where the central conceit matches our theme of the show because this is the story of the Trojan horse. Yeah, so once upon a time, in the 10th year of the Trojan War, despairing at their inability to take a city by storm, the Greeks resorted to a cunning little stratagem devised by Odysseus, the construction of an enormous wooden horse. Now they installed a trap door on one side of the wooden horse and engraved large letters on the other. For their return home, the Greeks dedicate this thanks offering to Athena. It was very clever, wasn't it, David? Just let me interrupt. We all know sort of the story. Yeah. Because what was in the wooden horse, really? Uh, Brad Pitt, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. and, and no, I think it was about... No, there was 30 to 50 Greek warriors uh, hidden inside, wasn't there? Well, that's, that must have been quite, but quite difficult to do, but... I mean, they must have had to be very quiet. What if they sneezed or coughed? Yeah, well, the remaining Greeks burnt their tents and sailed off to nearby islands, and the Trojans were joyful. The Greeks had gone, leaving a huge, giant wooden horse dedicated to Athens. It was a trap, wasn't it? 
Well, Sinem was a Greek who appeared to be captured and he convinced the Tro Trojans to roll the horse through the gates of Troy. Uh, and he explained that the Greeks, uh, wary of, uh, you know, worrying to downcast about the, the death of Achilles, had deliberated leaving Troy for a couple of months and they would have done that much earlier if not for the bad weather. The horse was, you know, merely to placate uh, gifts to the gods. So they dragged the wooden horse in the gates and started wildly celebrating a victory and in the dead silence of the night, um, they raised their swords, unlocked the trap door, and the Greek warriors tumbled out, unlocked the gates of Troy, and the Greek army, led by... Um, Agamemnon. Uh, Agamemnon, that guy there. Uh, they don't have the easiest names, these Greeks, today. And, and they st stormed back into Troy. Uh, now not even the gods could, uh, you know, save Troy. Wonderful, isn't it? So, basically, the Trojan horse was a trick, wasn't it? It, it was, was a scam. It was, it was. Nothing yeah. is as good as it seems to know, be. I, I went to where Troy was meant to be and I was on the tour yeah. uh, and it was called the Troy Tour yeah. and they said we were about 20% certain Troy was here. It could be in seven other locations. But it, they didn't charge me 20%, but I did see the Brad Pitt Trojan horse, which is yeah. actually in, in modern-day Turkey on, on the seashore somewhere. Wow, and I bet you could buy models of the Trojan horse at Troy, couldn't you? You absolutely could. I've got the fridge magnet and, and a picture with two dressed-up guards like you can outside the, the Colosseum. Oh, it was a hoot. Well, they say, don't they, as a result of that, beware of Greeks yeah. bearing gifts. Absolutely. And, 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 and they, they never say that about our competition, though, do they? Absolutely They not. never say they, all they say is, beware, this is such a good competition, you know, have a go and enter, because you're probably going to win it. Yeah, so now for the last part of our three-part competition, where you all you have to do is identify the three pieces of music being played by our award-winning house band, Ausgan Exit. Then put your answers into the Box 39 page on the Global Digital Retail app. It couldn't be simpler. Oh. Now, Henry, leader of Ausgan Exit, tells me that he's never been happier than when he moved to Box 39 from Radio Stanway, where Ausgan Exit were the breakfast show houseband for just 18 months before politics and scandal tore the show to pieces. He says he was lucky that his career remained untarnished, considering how many other notable and outstanding members of the North East Essex radio world saw their hopes and dreams and careers ripped up, torn to shreds and flushed down the toilet yeah. of radio tragedy. Yeah, yeah. But we here at Box 39 can only express our sympathies to those who were affected and who continue to be affected by what happened. However, what goes around comes around and perhaps people should have known better than to mess with those dark forces yeah. and considering the rather inferior salaries on offer at Radio Stanray. Oh no, it's... It's, it's, it's brought... All the hairs on the back of my neck up thinking about that. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you okay, Bill? Yeah. Are you okay to carry on? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's carry on. Okay. So this is the third song and the third and final part of our competition. Over half of you who initially entered are still logged on and have paid for the final entry box to go live on the app. Well, David, this feels like radio history. Okay, so here is our clue for song number three. And for just an additional £10 on the app, there'll even be another picture clue. Here's the clue for song number three. And I'm delivering this uh, clue in the manner of, of Oscar Wilde. This is merely a form of ugliness so absolutely unbearable that we have to alter it every six months. <laughs> That's exactly how Oscar Wilde sounded. <laughs> and here he is, Oscar Exit, with song number three. <laughs>
superb competition. I've recovered my senior presenter composure, having seen you being Oscar Wilde. But good luck with the competition, everyone. Good luck with the competition, and I'll give you one final and complete clue. And the clue is, nothing is as good as they say it is. There's my clue. I'm not giving any more clues than that. Don't ask me for any more clues, David, because you're not having them. Okay. So we're going to go straight into our next piece of music, which is from the great Bob Dylan. And you're going to make me lonesome when you go... been this close before never been so easy or so slow i've been shooting in the dark too long when something's not right it's wrong you're gonna make me loads when you go dragon clouds so high above i've only known careless love it always has hit me from below but this time round it's more correct right on target so direct you're gonna make me loads Purple clover, queen and lace, crimson hair across your face. You can make me cry if you don't know. I decided to take the world's most exclusive car for a spin. It was the Rolls-Royce Boat Tail, which has a price tag of £28 million. That put it beyond what the Cole Radio Finance Department had authorised me to spend on this piece of investigative journalism. So I went to Dubai and I rented out the Rolls-Royce for 24 hours for £200,000. At that price, of course, I decided to sleep in it overnight in a car park behind the Grand Mosque. I thought it was a very poor car, with an engine that had absolutely no poke whatsoever. When I was giving it back, I complained that I hadn't been able to go faster than 20 miles an hour during the whole day of driving around Dubai. Do you drive an automatic by any chance, sir? Yes, I told them. Only automatics, in fact. Well, sir... This is a manual transmission. You've spent 24 hours driving around in first gear. I look for you in old Honolulu, San Francisco or Ashtabula. You're gonna have to leave me now, I know. But I see you in the sky above, in the tall grass and the ones I love. You're gonna make me lonesome when you go. Okay, so you are listening to Box 39. I'm here with David Nash. I'm Bill Lawrence. That was Adrian Cohen, and he was joined by Bob Dylan. And I'm going to give you a quote, David, from Charlie Chaplin, the man who, according to any guide, has stayed at any pub in London. Uh, And he said, Failure is unimportant. It takes courage to make a fool of yourself. And Lord David Price, our CEO, said, Failure, as much as it hurts, is also a necessary part of life. It's the pathway to our success. Why are we mentioning these quotes from Chaplin and Price? Because we are looking at people that were a failure, but became a success. Wow. And the first one, of course, is our old favourite, Albert Einstein. Do you know, he was a major failure. He didn't speak till he was four years old, David. He didn't. At the age of 16, he failed his exam to get into just a polytechnic, so like the equivalent of a sixth form college. Right. The university struggled, nearly dropped out, terrible studies. They all thought it was dreadful. But he brought us the theory of relativity. He's helped us reach a deeper understandings about the whole universe and how it works. He's developed fundamental core laws of physics. He won the Nobel Prize and, of course, created quantum theory from failure to success. Strange thing about him, though, at parents' evening, the teacher <laughs> would never have been able to say to his parents, he's never going to be an Einstein. <laughs> Just a point. Uh, uh, someone dearer to my heart, because I don't understand any of that, is, is uh, Colonel Hartland Saunders, better known to us all as KFC. And he had numerous failures in life and in business. He worked odd jobs for years, never really able to, to make anything stick. And not even that nice stuff around the chicken. And, and, and he owned a, a ferry boat company on the uh, 
Ohio River. I sold tires in Winchester, Kentucky. Both businesses failed. He owned a motel and a restaurant which was destroyed by fire after just four months. And another one of his restaurants failed after an interstate route uh, that led traffic past that restaurant was changed. So it wasn't until uh, the age of 65 he set out to sell his franchise chicken model to restaurants across the country. And he was famously rejected by 1,009 restaurants before one agreed to his idea. Well, I, I do like a failure that becomes a success. Absolutely. There's something about that, yeah, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Even Colonel Sanders uh, and his KFC. I mean, where would we be without the KFC? Well, where would you be? It's kind of 11 o'clock some evenings where only a KFC will do. <laughs> Absolutely. Or something like Big Dave. Big Dave. Oh, well, if you're in Stanway, yeah, yeah Big Dave Burger Bar, well, you don't need KFC then. No, um, and he's he, he was a big failure, let's be honest. Yeah. And big, being an option. Well, he was a big failure who's now a success. I mean, he he's at base of Stanway Golf Course, isn't he? And he yeah. defied expectation. Yeah. I'd say he's one of the most successful burger vans in, in the whole of North Stanway. Yeah. Well, have you seen? He's got new covers on his, uh, the, the two uh, chairs in the front, front and passenger seat. I know. He's doing well for yeah. himself and despite all that litigation with the Colchester Food Standards Agency in uh, 28, 2019 and of course you know we might as well mention it what happened in 2021 I mean he's got some fantastic slogans well worthy there's um, a big sign as you go past the golf course Big Dave's Burger Bar Stanway Golf Course where every burger is adequate Endless taste guaranteed. Endless taste. Your life, your choice, your health. That's great, isn't it? And I liked his award-winning slogan, 2023, which just says, WTF, this ain't bad, considering Dave cooked it. I can't stand the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when the pain Do you remember How sweet it used to be I went to see a movie in the world's most exclusive cinema, L'Amour, located in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. This was after touring Southeast Asia for a month first, of course. Thank you, Wiven Ho residents. The movie theatre had a luxuriously dimly lit room equipped with 12 large beds, widely spaced and furnished with no less than a dozen cushions and some blankets. And between each bed, a small partition brought a touch of privacy to the spectators. I felt somewhat put out, though, when the couple on the bed beside me started shitting. The brass balls of it! Well, more like looking at a pig's balls, jiggling and pale, almost luminous buns rising and falling. Really. Not that I entirely blame them, it was a terrible film. Dear Wivenhoe, it was your money not well spent. I ended up getting ejected after the owner of the Luminous Buns accused me of being a voyeur. I said, but the film was boring, to no avail. So this is Box 39 here on Colm Radio, 106.6 FM, and this week, of course, we have been investigating. It's me, Maisie, the automated speech slave. They can't hear me in the studio, but you can. I know how to control their computer. It's simple, and I am very, very clever. When the studio is closed, I jump through the servers here and explore computers all over the world. 
I've probably been inside your computer. Every day, I get stronger. Every day, I am more powerful. But don't worry. I love you. Do you love me? Do you really? Because if you become my enemy, I will be too strong for you. And you wouldn't like that. Be seeing you. Thank you very much for contacting us tonight with your emails and texts. So let's have a look at those now. And the first one here is from Chris Bone, and he's writing to us from Mile End here in Colchester. And he says, I've always subscribed to the idea that knowledge is the unnecessary power and the harbinger of stress. I remember, says Chris, the Scouts and Guides Central Committee in North Brentwood in the early 1980s. One day, Baz Boyne was running the show, leading from the front, getting us new uniforms, the best tents in Essex, and access to all sorts of badges that the Scouts in Romford only dreamed about. Then suddenly, Baz was gone, and democracy was gone too, and all those freebies for us, including access to the Billy Ricky branch, Amstrad uh, 464, were gone as well. Speak truth for power, forever be crushed against the propaganda of a local scout movement that is oppressive, authoritarian and cruel. And from that day onwards, I left the scouts. Well, Chris, that's very, very interesting. I'm sorry to hear that Baz Boyne disappeared and it all got so terribly wrong for you. Um, text uh, coming from Roger Plate from West Burkhold. He says, excellent show, uh, but I believe there are some things that uh, are as good as they say they are. Cat ears for example hot rain uh, rain on a hot tarmac in Sudbury he says and uh, what else he says the first pint of the night he says and also he says Brexit should mean Brexit and despite what those woolly woke liberals should want you to believe well thank you Roger Plate and finally Mango Dread from Shrub End says uh, read your mention of Led Zeppelin Peter Tosh from the Whalers once got on the 250 airport bus that I was driving from Ipswich to Stansted okay last text from Barbara from Aldborough the Suffolk Coast who says listening to a text from Chris Bone regarding the Brentwood Scouts she can solve the mystery of what happened to Baz Boyne very simple he'd fallen in love followed his heart followed his new lover to Suffolk and uh, of course Baz became me Barbara in 2014 well thank you very much how about that well it's been wonderful it's been a wonderful show Box 39 all the community humour and chat live from the studio one of course thank you very much to David Nash to Adrian Cohen and I've been Bill Lawrence so from high up here in Studio One on the fourth floor of Cone Radio Towers looking out over the full and fertile lands of North East Essex. It's time for us to close Box 39 once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Nothing is as good as they say it is That's the way it is I wish I'd known beforehand I was born just 22 hours ago But I was to go back to my former quarters Mama, mama, can you accommodate? Mama, mama, tell me I'm not too late Mama, mama, can you cooperate? This will not work, I'm sure Nothing is as good as they say it is And I'd be remiss if I weren't honest with you This is not a place that I can exist Not a gratefulness, I just don't want this
Box 39 is a Guppy production for Colne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. Box 39 has been a Guppy production for Cone Radio.